Good morning. Can, can you hear me? Brilliant. Um, can you hear me? That's great. I, I love a little bit of feedback, Nathan. Thank you so much for inviting me here today. I uh, feel really, really privileged uh, to have been invited to come and speak with you, share from Galatians 5. Um, just a little bit about myself. If I might, I've just got a few little bits I need to get out. I wasn't quite sure what time I'd be up, so I'm not quite 100% prepared just yet. Just let me get my notes out. Um, thank you. Brilliant. And I must let you know, um, which is a little bit strange, but I've just come into this this week. I've got some new glasses which I need for reading. And um, so I can see you guys with these glasses fine, but my notes I'm not so good with, and so I might need to switch my glasses. This is a very new thing. This is the. F I'm doing it already. I knew this would be so. If it feels a bit like a comedy act this morning, I genuinely, it's not part of, of the deal. Um, so uh, my name's Gordon. I'm, I'm married to a wonderful uh, lady called Natalie, um, and we've got. Uh, well, you've got two children, um, Holly and Lewis, who uh, we adopted um, some eight years ago, actually, on Halloween. They, joined, they moved in on Halloween, um, so we call them our little monsters. Um, and uh, they, they've been with us eight years. We just celebrated that the other day. My wife and I, uh, we struggled having children, and we just felt like the Lord opened up to us to adopt rather than to try other avenues, of which we would have been top of the list to do. Uh, we're just in the process of looking to foster. We've just had a lad... Uh, named Kai, who was with us for six years, from 12 through to 18, who's just moved out. Um, and so we've we just got a real heart for seeing God put people into families. It says in the Bible that the God puts the lonely in families. Um, and, and it's a beautiful thing to be part of a, a, a bigger family. And so that's our, our biggest prayer, is that these children will come to know the Lord. Our daughter has, our son sort of is, uh, the other lad that's moved out, I'm not so sure. Um, but the fact that we're even part of a wider family, I think, is a really beautiful thing. And I just wanted to commend Nathan in front of you all. Um, I had the privilege of being here for Nathan's ordination. Is that what it, is ordination the right word? Yeah, Nathan's ordination when he was sort of prayed into ministry here. And I just really feel like there's a different spirit on this gentleman um, than perhaps on most church leaders to, to partner together. Um, this is the first invitation I've had, having been in the town for four and a half years, to go to another church. Now, I'm not sure whether that's because you've not listened to any of the podcasts. You don't know how terrible I am. <laughs> <laughs> you might regret it. Um, but I just genuinely feel like the Lord is doing something beautiful amongst the churches in the town. Like Chris Hughes, the previous minister here, he, he was a, a, a beautiful man. He, he actually welcomed us in. And the fact that we meet in Costa Coffee over in the forum, it's all Chris's fault. He told me about the, 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 the premises have been used before and he actually managed to open the door, put me in touch with the manager there. And so I feel like this church particularly has been a real church of, of welcome to us as a family. Even before we started... The, kind of the adventure that we've been on for the last four and a half years, um, establishing Hope Church in Sittingbourne. Um, we, we came here for, for one of our first Sundays just to kind of check out who you are, what you're about, what you do. And we visited all of the different churches. And there's a, there's a wonderful spirit on you guys. And, and ju I just love it. And I think where you're positioned, um, don't, don't sort of neglect that. Is that okay? Don't like look for what the Lord wants to do through you collectively here in Sittingbourne in a very public way, not just on a Sunday in your building, but in a very public way. I feel like the fact that you're right at the head of the high street is, is, is far more than Easter. It's far more than, than all the churches getting together in that instance. Um, but I'm, I'm not even on my notes here, so we better get back to what we're looking at. I could just, you know, like, just, yeah, but I'm bubbling over with, with a few things this morning. I'd, um, King Jesus, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for the wonderful privilege of being able to stand in front of these dear brothers and sisters and, and, and read from your word um, and share what you've laid on my heart these last couple of days. Lord, I pray that anything 
that isn't of you will fall away. Um, Lord, we want to hear from you and from your spirit. We want to leave here changed and transformed this morning as a result of your grace and your presence with us and amongst us and in us. Uh, Lord, we thank you for one another. Uh, we thank you that you, you, you put us into family. Uh, Lord, I thank you so much for the family that's here. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, enlift, enrich our hearts this morning with the, the truth of your word and the wonder of your majesty as we lift our eyes up. Like Nathan said, that we would crown you this morning as our king. If anything else has kind of taken that crown uh, in recent days, Lord, that we would just wrench it back and place it on the head where it firmly belongs. We thank you, Lord, for your presence and for your word. It's living and it's going to speak to us right now, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Great. So, I'm just going to read from Galatians 5. Um, I listened last night to Nathan's word from last week, so I knew kind of where to come from, what to follow. Uh, it was very good. It's very, it very good, Nathan. Um, but starting on verse... <laughs> hope you're not in for a disappointment this morning. But verse 22, Galatians 5, 22, it says... But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and then the two we're looking at today, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And so I, I just wanted to start off by using a, a very simple little illustration about fruit, if that's okay. I thought Nathan made an excellent point last week that we're not talking about lots of different types of fruit, but we're talking about one fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. We're not talking about apples and oranges and lemons and lots of different types of fruit, and different people have different ones. Actually, if the Spirit of God is at work in our hearts and our lives, Jesus is the King of our heart then the Spirit of God is going to begin to change and transform us from the inside out, not through laws and regulations from the outside in, but the Spirit's going to do a work in our heart that's going to begin to birth and to seed this spiritual fruit. The one fruit with lots of different expressions. Was it nine expressions? Nine expressions. I didn't want to go back and count them. Nine expressions. And so, one of the challenges can be, is, is we can operate out of a, out of a different spirit, out, out of an old fruit. Like if I tell you that this fruit is really tasty, I give Nathan a, a piece of fruit and I say, Nathan, this fruit is so tasty, it's really nice, but it's actually rotten. He's going to find that out. As soon as he comes close to it, he's, particularly if he takes a bite from it, but, 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 but the feel of it, maybe the smell of it, the taste of it, as soon as you get close to someone, you're going to experience the fruit that's in the human heart. Aren't you? So if you've got the, 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 the fruit of the flesh, you're, you're going to experience that. Like, we find this in our house where we, we have conversations, um, particularly with our children. Our daughter's 14, 15. She's finding life a bit difficult at the moment, just knowing who she is and who she is, that sort of stuff at school. Uh, uh, and we have this conversation like, darling, you look really grumpy. And I'm not grumpy. <laughs> she, like, she, she can tell me that she's not grumpy, but I'm close enough that I know that the fruit that she's telling me, I'm fine, darling, the fruit doesn't taste fine. You're not okay. And so if I tell you that I'm giving you apples, um, but I'm actually sowing oranges, what's going to grow in your life? It's going to be what I'm actually sowing. If I tell you you're getting something, but, but I'm sowing something else into your life, if I've got sin in my heart, if I've got wretchedness in my heart, I'm far from God, and I'm saying, no, no, everything's fine, you're, you're going to get the spiritual fruit that's in my life. Okay? And so I think it's just really helpful for, for us to know that. And so what I want to do is just look at basically what forbearance or patience is, is one part, and then the next part we're going to look at what kindness is, 
And then after that, I've got a story, a very personal story, very close to my heart that I want to share with you that I think will hopefully wrap some of it up and just give us a little bit of food for thought. And so the word forbearance, if you were to look at the Greek, I often like to look at the word at the Greek. I'm, I'm no good with the Greek. I have to go to books to know what the Greek means. But the Greek word for forbearance is macrothemia. I think that's the right way of pronouncing it, which basically does mean either patience or forbearance. All the way through the Bible, particularly the New Testament, that's where we're looking at the Greek. This word macrothemia means patience and forbearance. It's used interchangeably for both. So by looking at that, we know that we're sort of, the, the, the English word is actually very close to the, to the Greek words. And so in the English dictionary, we see that Patience, what we're looking at is like a, a sense of patient self-control. Not just the ability of just being patient. And like I can be wonderfully patient. I don't know about you, when there's no one else around, and I'm at home all on my own, and I'm sat indoors, I'm the most patient person in the world. Um, I'm just incredibly patient. As soon as you start adding people into the equation, um, particularly those, you know, like some of you, I, I think the Lord gives us in life people that I like to call grace growers. And so these are people that the Lord assigns to you. They're like angels from heaven. Um, hopefully you're not sat next to a grace grower this morning. And if you're a husband or a wife, you might be tugging their thing. But, but grace growers are the people that really know how to press your buttons. And so with, with patience and forbearance, it's the ability to endure when under pressure. When life gets difficult and the pressure comes on. Have you ever felt like that in life? Like the stuff that I make fun of, like that's going on in a family, at times, even stuff with me, not just making it about my daughter, I'm a complicated person. We are all complicated beings. When life gets difficult and pressure comes on, whether it's financial, emotional, whether it's stuff to do with relationships or work, whatever it is, when the pressure comes on, what pops out? For me, often, there comes a point when the pressure gets so much that the ugly pops out. I'm fine. Gordon, you're not fine. Something very ugly just popped out then. We need to go back and we need to talk about that and we need to fix it. Is this just therapy for me or, or, or is this resonating with you guys? <laughs> you're allowed to heckle it, so I respond to a little bit. Like, the lot over at Costa are very rowdy. Like, so don't throw things. They haven't got that for you. But <laughs> That's it. That's it. But, but, but there's a sense that in life, pressure comes... And we can only take so much, can't we? And different ones of us have got different thresholds, in a way, of the amount of pressure that we can take before something gives way. And often, ah, shut up, leave me alone, I hate you, I don't want to work here anymore. Um, sometimes even the worst stuff, without making a joke of it, I hate myself. I've got nothing left. I don't want to live. Have you ever felt like that? At different moments, maybe some of you have had those thoughts. It's hard, isn't it? The ugly pops out. And then we think, my gosh. We, we, we almost see our sinful humanity laid bare in front of us. It's emerged. We, we can all do like, I can do a great job in front of you, buttoning myself up. I'm a, I'm a man of God. Ask my kids how I am when the pressure's on. I don't say that as a proud thing. There are moments when, oh, getting emotional. Moments when the ugly pops out. And, oh, Lord, can I just reel that one back? It's too late. It's out. Thank you, Jesus, for grace. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiveness. Some of you are probably here this morning and in the car on the way here with your children, 
the ugly popped out. We've got to get to church, it's raining. Come on, boy. I'm not, every morning with my son, he works incredibly hard. He gets up at six o'clock in the morning, he's got an apprenticeship. And, and for Sunday morning, it's the one day of the week, he can't get up at six in the morning and get to church and help us out. And I'm like, mate, if I was making you late for work every one, one day a week, you would be so wound up with me. The ugly pops out in those mugs. Come on, we've got to go. All of a sudden, something that doesn't look or taste like the fruit of the Spirit emerges. And um, I've, I've, brought, I've brought my own drink with me this morning. You might have heard this rattling around during worship. I've kept kicking it. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope I'm not putting people off. It's not a can of beer. Um, but it's, it's a little can, and I've got a little, little illustration I'd like to do. Nathan, you're at the front. Can I pick on Nathan? Put your hands together for Nathan. Brilliant. Um, sorry, Nathan, you weren't expecting this, were you? Uh, what I want you to do, imagine, this, this, this is Nathan, okay, this is Nathan, or no, this is us, let's not make it about Nathan, that could be embarrassing, this is us, and, and I want you to imagine that you are life, and you're going to, don't do it from the side, because you might actually pierce it, but you're going to try and right. pressure this and make what's inside come out without opening it, is that alright? Alright, come on, give, put your hands together, give, go on, strong man Nathan, go on, five, four, three, two, one. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Right, uh, sorry, it's a bit wet. It's a bit like, he really went for it. He's got, got marks in his hands. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to open it, and I'm going to empty it. Is that okay? I'm not going to drink it, because then I'll be belching all the way through the rest of the... So, am I allowed to say that? Sorry. This is something, you've probably done this 101 times in youth groups before, mate. And, right. That's, that's empty, yeah. I think. Right. Um... Do you think this might be a bit easier now if I give this to you to do? Okay, can you? Nathan, go for it. There we go. Bye. Okay, thank you, Nathan. I, I knew you could do it. Thanks, brother. I knew you could do it. If, if anyone wants a jug of cream soda, genuinely, it's going it's to go flat. So come up, help yourself. We won't think any less of you if you drink from the jug. I said it's okay. Just do it at the back where no one can see you. I don't want anyone on the live stream being put off. In the can, the reason the can is able to put up with the, you know what I'm going to say, but the reason the can is able to, to withhold the pressure and the strains of Nathan um, or of life is because of, of what is in it, a combination of, of fluid and of gases. Um, whereas for us, w without the spirit of God in us, there comes a point where we're going to end up like that, isn't there? Where we're crumpled down, the ability to endure and persevere and bear up under all the challenges of life, sometimes through people, it could be the pressures of having sat with a doctor and they've just told you terrible news that you didn't want to know either about your own life or a loved one. The pressure comes on, doesn't it? All of a sudden, life was fine, and then all of a sudden, boom, you can't see beyond your own navel because everything's just got so heavy. Whereas a few moments before, it was glory, glory. Whereas for us, it's not what is in us, it's who is in us. That the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, changing us and transforming us. The very Spirit of Christ. When we feel like this, we've got to drag ourselves to Jesus. Literally crawl ourselves and say, Lord, I need your Spirit. I can't do it. That's the whole point. We can't do it. We're not designed to do it. Thanks. We're to lay hold of Jesus and say, Lord, I need you. The, the days we get up and say, Lord, you, you can stay there. I, I'm going to be fine today. Gosh, save us from ourselves, Lord. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, this should be in your notes. Apologies, the notes aren't 
perhaps as full as they usually are. wasn't quite sure what, what to put in there. But in Hebrews 12, verse 2, I'm reading from the ESV. It might be slightly different. But it says, I'm going to read from verse 1, actually. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance. So this is the thing of, 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 of like enduring under pressure, endurance. It's been able to keep going, like an endurance race. So join the dots up there. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And in verse 2, this is the bit. Look, looking to Jesus. Not looking to yourself. Not looking to other things in the world. Looking to Jesus. The founder and the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. He forbore the cross. He carried the cross. He was patient to the point of carrying our sin upon his shoulders to death. Because there was joy in front of him. So that we might know him. So that you might know him. So that I might know him. He endured. He persevered. Consider him. Look to him. Not so that you can think, well, Jesus went through so much more than me, so i just got to suck it up and get on with life. No, 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 no. Jesus is very concerned and compassionate about what you're going through right now. He's concerned about the people that you're ministering to, your friends, your family, your work colleagues, maybe even your enemies, that you're trying to speak life into their into their hearts. He's concerned about that stuff. He's not saying, just look to me, I did it better. Jesus isn't like that. He's not like a harsh father that's saying, come on, pull yourself through. His spirit is trying to almost grow that, that joy in us that Nathan preached about last week, that we can go and keep going and going, even when everything in us is screaming, I'm done. I've had enough. I can't keep going. I want to give up. Take me now, Jesus. I've had moments when I've come away from really hefty conversations and I've literally like been in the shower, like, Jesus, I'm ready. I've seen enough now. I want, I want to see you veil unlifted. I've, I'm done. I don't need to see any more. You know, what, how much longer has it got to endure? Yeah, I know you're probably quite worried about me now. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my, just not in my notes, forgive me on the live streamers. Forgive me, this is just for me. This is like, yeah, therapy. But my daughter last night heard me preaching this because I tend to preach to myself. It just helps me. And um, she said, Dad, are you having a breakdown? <laughs> I was like, I'm all right. She said, you even look like you're having a breakdown. I said, oh, maybe I'm not all right. Like, it's the thing of like, no, I'm all right. No, you're not all right, Dad. It's the same thing. But for the joy set before us, we can even know joy when we're carrying the worst stuff, the heaviest stuff. It's completely bonkers, isn't it? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We, we can know the joy of the Lord. For Jesus, it was as he went to, to his death. In the Garden of Gethsemane, this is my kind of, I'm spending a lot of time on this. Gosh, we're going we're gonna to wrap, wrap up quick, but I've not even touched on kindness yet. Gosh. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was getting ready to face the cross. And some of you may know, but the Garden of Gethsemane was full of olives. It was like an olive grove, olive trees. And it actually means like the press, like, like a wine press or an olive press. So as Jesus was there on his knees saying, Lord, take this from me. I don't want to do it. Sweating blood. Actually, he was in the press, being pressed. The pressure was coming. And then we read, what, what was the result of that? Joy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So you've got this duality of, of, of immense torment that 
probably none of us have ever, ever been through, even though we've probably gone through some really deep stuff. And joy. Those things don't naturally go together, do they? But with the Spirit of God, we're able to carry both. It's an art. I'm preaching to myself. It's an art. But we're not to do it alone. We're to do it with one another, I think. God's given us family and community so that we can get along one, to one another and say, some of us will have louder voices than others and got the privilege of the pulpit. And, but we should all be in relationships where we say, come on, you can do it. Keep going. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. How are you getting on? Nathan can't, like, well, maybe he can. But I, I'm talking for myself in my church. I, there's 30, 40 people there. I can't get around everyone and know what's going on. I wish I could. Just because there's that, not, not that level of connection doesn't mean there's not that level of compassion. We're designed to be in relationship with one another, that we can do this together. And there are, of course, brothers and sisters that we can call in if there's stuff that's deep end and we really need some kind of help, you know, on a deeper level. You think of a diamond. It's created, isn't it, from coal, being pressed. And the ugly doesn't pop out. Actually, something beautiful pops out. And I think that's what happened with Jesus in the garden. He was pressed, a bit like this can. So rather than the ugly popping out, something else, like the aroma of Christ, pops out. Even when we're in the... Like, people are like, how are you getting through this? You've just had a terrible diagnosis. How are you getting through this? You've just lost your job. How are you still happy? And saying you love Jesus. If Jesus loved you, surely you'd have your job, wouldn't you? These are the conversations we have with people, aren't they? Hopefully. Okay, and then just looking at kindness quickly. I'm just going to rattle through kindness in about five minutes, if that's all right. And then we'll wrap things up. And so, with kindness, uh, the Greek word, it basically means goodness, kindness. It also means anointing, strangely. Um, but in the English dictionary, it's the quality of being friendly, which is great. Who doesn't want friends? Generous and considerate. And, and it's the thing of generosity that I just want to touch on. Because I think generosity is really the heart of kindness. Like Some people nowadays, we talk a lot about being kind to yourself, don't we? Like, Be kind to yourself. If all you ever are is kind to yourself, uh, do you, you might know someone that's always kind to themselves and not other people. What do we call that? Selfish, yeah, selfish. When we're kind to ourselves, but not other people. Whereas kindness is best, like you know someone's kind when really they've been kind to you. Because you wouldn't say, oh, they, they're so kind, they're always kind to themselves. you go, gosh, they're selfish, <laughs> wouldn't you? But I would, I don't know about you, I would. But when someone is kind to you, you experience it. Again, like the fruit, you taste it, you feel it. It becomes part of you, and it goes into you, and it changes you, like eating fruit. It does something in your life. You literally take on the nutrients and the goodness of it. I think that's the why it's called spiritual fruit, because it's something that goes into us. It changes us from the outside, from the inside out. And so often when we, we talk about generosity, so kindness and generosity, I want to just use so generosity being the thing of the the, the one resource that I we talk about time, we talk about talent, we talk about treasure. You might use similar language here, I'm not sure. But when we talk about generosity, like being generous with your time, being generous with the gifts you've been given, so beautiful seeing the worship team, so many people serving, people out the back serving in kids' work, beyond the Sunday, food bank, different things like that, leading Bible studies, lots of different ways we can serve in the church and in the community, but being generous, which also costs us time, but there's unique gifts in each and every single one of us that God's given us to glorify him. 
that we would steward them for his glory. And then the last one being our treasure. And so that's a bit more like our resources and our possessions. Lending your lawnmower to a neighbour or giving into the life of the church or missions overseas or, you know, kind of using the, recognising that actually none of it's ours, it's all been entrusted to us, to God, and we are stewards. So although we get to use it and live off of it, particularly resources, actually, we're saying, God, this is yours, what would you have me do with what you've entrusted me rather than I'm keeping all this and you can have the crumbs off off the plate at, at the end of the month if there's any left. And particularly nowadays, you know, that's, that's quite tricky, isn't it? Because there's, you know, all the bills are going through the roof. The one thing of those three, and I was thinking of this last night, is, is time. The one thing I can't buy more of, magic up, as much as I wish I could, is time. The most precious thing you can do is give your time to someone. That is the heart of kindness. And obviously, giving your time to them in a, in a compassionate way, not in a you know, self-serving way. So obviously that would be selfish, which is where we started. We had a little kind of, it was a, about a month where we had a, every day there was a different random act of kindness. Now, obviously it was only a month, and so really we're saying this should be a lifestyle, not just something you do for a month. Oh, I've been kind now, that's me until glory. Um, but it's actually something that happens every day because it's what Jesus is growing in us. But it's something we get to partner with God in. And, and so, just a few little ideas. These were things that came up. I was just chatting with my life, wife last night about it. Going into a care home and just spending time with someone that's not got any family. Why would you do that? There's absolutely nothing in it for you on an earthly level, is there? They're not going to pay you for it. It's probably going to be a strange conversation, trying to get someone who might not be actually fully there. It's hard enough doing that with your own relatives. I've, I've done that. And, and they don't even know who you are. Like we went to go and visit my wife's granddad. He recognised me, he's only known me a couple of years, he didn't recognise her at all, it was incredibly difficult. We laughed about it, but it was so painful for her. Time, so precious, isn't it? Buying a coffee or a meal for someone. There's probably some single parents in this church that would love someone to wrap around them and spend a bit of time with them. Be a bit of a, a mum to them, help them, encourage them. Time's so important. Don't waste it on Netflix. Can enjoy Netflix, great, but I'm, I'm trying to be a lot more diligent in my own heart, like with some of the stuff I'm giving myself to now, because I recognise there's just so little time, and actually my family ends up being the one that, that, that gets robbed first. And before God, like, again, this is speaking to me more than anyone else, I can't, I can't allow that to happen, and I think for some of us it's just to think, Jesus, how would you have me use the resources you've entrusted to me so that I can be kind and encourage others? I believe if you ask Jesus that, he's going to give you some wonderful ideas, far better than the ones I've just shared. Giving blood to someone. You don't even see the person receiving it. You don't get any benefit. You don't even get a thank you. At least with the care home thing, you get a thank you from the staff, perhaps. Giving blood. Why would you do it? It's painful, isn't it? It's difficult. Well, you get a biscuit, and they're not very nice at the end of it. <laughs> Cup of tea. Befriending a migrant family. Well, that's a powerful thing to do, isn't it? Befriending any family, but... But it starts in the church. There's this one verse. Um, I'm going to skip one or two of the verses that we put in the notes. Galatians 6.10 we'll go to because it's actually just moving on from Galatians 5. So it's all part of the same thing uh, that Paul's writing. And so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Who is everyone? Everyone. Let's all say everyone. Everyone. Everyone is everyone. And especially, so we do good to everyone, but especially... 
So it's like, but make sure you don't miss out. So it's a bit weird, because he said, do it to everyone. You think that would be enough. But he's saying, but make sure you don't miss out. Those who are of the household of faith. Church, it starts in the church. All of this stuff, it starts in the church. We're often very good at being, like, encouraging and loving people out in the community. And then in the church. I don't know, but I'm not, yeah, this, I'm talking about my church back there. Please don't, if you're from Hope Church, sit and we'll turn this off now. Because, um, but sometimes, like, we, we, can, we can often neglect those that we're closest to, can't we? And what would it be like if we're bringing people into a church community where actually there isn't the fruit of the Spirit being fleshed out with one another? We're not bearing with one another. The people that press your buttons, like, Jesus, I need your help for so-and-so. Don't look at anyone in the room. But, but we need Jesus to be doing something in us, and he wants to start in the church. That's in your heart, and that's in my heart. It's in our relationships. It's in our families. It's in our streets. And then as people get to sort of taste and experience this glorious fruit of the Spirit, they're going to come closer, they're going to meet your friends, and they're going to find a whole community that tastes so deliciously good. The fruit of the Spirit, evident amongst everybody. And so if I can, I just, I just want to, I'm going to land there because I've gone way over. There was a, yeah, let's, I might need your help in a minute, because I don't really know where I'm going with this bit, because I've just missed the section. So what, what we're going to do is, I, I feel like for some of us, we're, we're going to think, you know what, it sounds great, I'm not feeling it, I'm not experiencing it, life's really difficult at the moment, can I just pray? Is that okay? And then Nathan, if you can, however you feel fit, to lead us on from there. King Jesus, I thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful group of people here. I thank you for your family. That we're all linked and united by your spirit, by your blood. And, and Lord, life's hard. It's difficult. It wears us down. It beats us down. And, and Lord, patience is a difficult thing. There are so many things that press our buttons, that, that draw out the ugliness in us. And then we feel like we've, we've dropped the ball and that we're not worthy of approaching you. Lord, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy, that you help us. You lift us up so that we can go again and again and again. You don't judge us and throw us out. But like Nathan said, there is a day coming that we need to get ourselves ready for. Lord, help us by your spirit. Lord, we want to be a community of kindness. That the churches, not just this church here, but the churches across Sittingbourne will be known for their unusual kindness to those around them. I think of Paul on Malta, where he talks about how he was shown unusual kindness after the shipwreck by, by the, the village that he landed in. They weren't even believers. Lord, help us to show unusual kindness to Sittingbourne. And to Kent and to the nations, Lord, we look to you for what you want to do by your spirit. Lord, would you grow something amazing here in this place that we would look back and, and say, look what God has done. That we would live in the good of the spiritual fruit that you're growing in one another's lives, that we would feast almost on one another and what you're doing, and that we would have so much, a bit like in Ezekiel 7, where it says that the fruit is for the healing of the nations and the, le uh, uh, the fruit is for, for feeding and the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Lord, we pray that there would be something about this place being like a habitation, like a mighty plantation for the Lord where the fruit goes beyond itself and actually brings life wherever it goes, in workplaces, in streets, in homes. But Lord, I, I do pray for those of us who feel like we've failed. Lord, would you minister to us right now, tenderly, by your spirit, lift our heads up, Lord, I pray that each one would feel like your hand on their shoulder saying, I love you, I forgive you. You can go again. You can go again, but you don't need to go on your own. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys.